to another mile post of the V-Twin Life. We talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, why we enjoy it, what they mean to us, and just why we enjoy the open road. V-Twin Life is brought to you by CrashInClothing.com, also known as Crash Inc. on the World Wide Web. Man, Brad has sold a lot of stuff. You want to get some merchandise, you want to get parts, you want to upgrade stuff on your bike. He is a dealer for a lot of great companies, so check out CrashInClothing.com and see what they got for you. Now, we got Wild Ass. You want to ask some comfort to your ass? Man, Wild Ass has got you covered. They've got something you like. Use that promo code DWOODS. Get yourself free shipping and put that ass in comfort. Can't forget Custom Dynamics leading the world in LED lighting and LED technology. Man, these got some great stuff. You want to light up your life at nighttime? You want to be seen during the day? Hey, check out Custom Dynamics. Can't forget Lexan. These guys got some great comm units. I just got the new G16s. Man, you want to talk quality? These things are awesome. Loudspeakers, plus they got some air pumps, small ones you keep in your bike. They're ready to go. So check out Lexan. So now, let's get to another mile post of the V-Twin Life. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. We are at mile post 112. We got the insane stunt rider, photography guy, and dude loves it, riding Chase Setzer. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me, man. Real, real yeah. quick, I do want to. I do want to address the stunt rider thing. Uh, I've I've had that kind of uh, said a few times, and I wouldn't really uh, identify as a stunt rider. Uh, you know, I I do a, a couple wheelies here and there, but I think uh, calling me a stunt rider would be a disservice to real stunt riders. Well, so, you know, if if you're doing wheelies and shit, you're pulling some stunts. That's a, you know, that's the way I yeah. see it. So you know, I've seen some yeah. little videos you pulling wheelies cross intersections. So it's good enough in my book, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I, I I take it as a compliment, but just I just wanted to say, just for my stunt friends, if they see this, you know, this guy ain't a fucking stunt rider. <laughs> so, I get you. I got it. I got it. Put it out there. But yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for taking time out and, and coming hanging out for a little while and sharing some adventures, some stories, and you know how you got into it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So so how did you get into it? You know how how did you you know find motorcycles? Oh man, of, of course my uh my dad was a huge proponent into it. Um but I mean I grew up around uh just like motorcycles kind of coming in and out of my life, right? So my dad had a motorcycle for a, a good chunk of my childhood and then um he kind of it was it was a Honda Shadow 1100, right? And uh that went away for after a while. I think I was like 7 or 8, right? And then from then until like right after I graduated high school, there wasn't really too much motorcycling going on. Uh, had an uncle Cody. He's uh he was really big into motorcycles, and so I had heard about them a bunch, but I just wasn't super interested in it, into it. And then it was like my cousin got a motorcycle. I'm 19. My dad gets a motorcycle. My uncle gets a motorcycle. And then I was like, man, I, I really want a motorcycle, you know. So then I uh, I picked up a Sportster, Sportster 883, and then I was hooked. That was it. <laughs> That's it. Now I, I, it would have been cheaper and probably better for my mental health if I got into drugs instead. But here <laughs> I am. Uh, a motorcycle addict <laughs> hey so. but it's fun you know i mean you get to enjoy a lot of stuff and yeah you get to see you know life through a different perspective i guess you could say 1000 percent. and because of them I've, I've met almost all of my friends now i've met through motorcycles and social media and um most of it, most of my top life experiences have happened on on a seat of a motorcycle so and that's that's just been the last three four years so hey yeah. even riot says you're a stunt rider so you know <laughs> well there it is set in stone all right man yeah no it's cool you know it's been fun to follow your adventures but you know i think you know maybe a good way you know try to maybe break out of your dad's shadow 
you know, do your own thing. Yeah. I mean, going on rides and, and breaking down, you got to go your own way, man. Don't follow that line. Yeah. Yeah, my dad, you know, he does everything right, and that's just fucking boring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really like adding the uh, uh, fear and high nerves to every trip that I go on. <laughs> but, got a point, yeah. got a point. It makes for it makes for good stories. Not not great times while it's happening, but really good stories. So Yeah, no, that's true. It is fun, and, you know, I mean, breakdowns suck, but, you know, the, you can laugh about it and, and still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Even when they suck at the moment, but you know, just you know, like we were talking bullshit last night and earlier today, it's like you know, just it adds adventure, adds to the story. It's it is what yeah. it is, and shit happens, but we just roll on and keep going. Exactly. If if you got like a, a backup plan or a solution to whatever problem you're dealing with, then all you can do from then is just smile. You know, as you wait for the solution to unfold. You know, if if you if you know how to fix a problem that you're having, and you're still just pissed off about it, then you're doing it wrong. You're taking it too seriously. You know. That's so. very true. I, I like how you put that. But, you know, yeah, laugh about it. And, you know, or be fortunate enough, you know, if you're riding with other people, it's like you're stuck there, but, you know, maybe they're going like, you know, I've had an instance where a buddy of mine's going to get the parts. I'm not cool. I'm just yeah. going to sit here on the side of the highway at the gas station and chill out and wait. Right. Yeah. That's that's the hard part for me, right? So I uh, I just recently went to Paris or <laughs> tried to go to Paris, Texas. Uh, what was it? Friday night. And uh, it was a solo trip and I broke down and it was just like kind of all like chuckles and giggles from me. You know, it is what it is. But if I was with a group of people, I would have felt pretty differently because it would have been a burden and it would have been completely my fault. And that, that would have sucked, um, but it still would have made for a good story. Uh, yeah. So going with a group, it's, it's a little bit different for me. Um, I, I like I feel much worse about it, but I'm still not going to be pissed off throwing stuff. I, of course, everybody loses it, loses their cool every once in a while on the side of a road. But for the most part yeah well, it's like rice no one no one remembers a perfect day that's a good way to put it yeah oh yeah that sounds boring perfect days where everything goes according to plan let me remember them yeah it's highly yeah. overrated mm-hmm. that's why i try to keep it interesting you know do all the do my all my own work on my bike and forget bolts here and there stuff like that you know so, hey it, no it just means you're doing it better than the engineers you don't need all those bolts if you got a few left over you're doing it better I'm saying saving some money, saving some bolts. That way, whenever I lose more bolts, I got some extra left over anyway. So I just think that's a weight savings. You're, you know, you're dropping the weight a little bit. Precisely. Performance bagger stuff, you know, uh, really, <laughs> you, really we get to those twisties. So very true. So I'm, I'm not sure a lot of people here in the, in the side chat know, but you know, so what are you riding right now? Uh, I'm on a 16 road glide. It's got a, uh, it's, it's blue with silver bags because it, I thought a lot of people thought that I did that because it, I thought it looked cool and I don't, I loved the blue that came on the bike, but, um, one of my bags fell off because it had the old clip in style and mm -hmm. a ton of people told me like, you need to change the way that those bags go in. And I was like, that's ridiculous. The reason that people's bags are falling off with the clip in style attachment hardware is just because they're drunkenly putting their bags on. But then, you know, three months after I had my bags on without touching them, the one just fell off one day. So then now I have silver bags because it's all I could afford at the time. So, dude, that happened yeah. to my dad when he bought his brand new one, his 19. He got literally two blocks down his road from his house, hung a left, and the bag fell off and bounced down the road next to him. That's so upsetting. Yeah. And, well, I didn't even notice until I got home that one of my bags had fallen off. I had left work and I worked like 15 minutes from the house at the time. I left work, I got home, and, uh, I was like, I went to get something from my bag. I, I normally just like don't even look at my bike, turn it off, and just walk inside. 
but I needed to get something. I turned around and I was like, where the fuck is part of my bike at? <laughs> I'm missing something here. So then I went back to work and it was just like sprawled out all over the road. I had a few GoPros in there, some batteries and stuff like that. And it was just trashed, you know? So then it was like, I, I rode around for like two weeks with no bags. Really looked a little rough. What well, a similar happened to Hayden with his, uh, his V star. He's got the leather hard bags. He was going down to Silverdale down the highway and didn't realize that the bag opened up. So he lost his liner, you know, the registration, some other paperwork they had in the saddlebag gone. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like the, the saddlebags are behind you. You can't see them in the mirrors. You just kind of got, kind of got to hope that somebody sees them and tells you, or just really make sure that your stuff is tied down, but I don't do a very good job of that. So, yeah, that's one of those, you know, little life lessons, I guess you could call them. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I got the 16 road glide. It's a, it's an ultra, um, I had, I've got 70,000 miles, uh, and I've done a bunch of stuff, changed a bunch of stuff and then changed a bunch of stuff back to stock, changed a bunch of stuff. Um, the ultras of that year came with liquid cooled heads. This is like one of the one things that I did to the bike that I really, really, really liked that turned out really good. Um, I needed to get a, uh, an exhaust bolt out of one of my heads and uh, I had liquid cooled heads at the time. So I switched it over to air cooled heads and now the bike's like way lighter in the front. Cause I don't have those big radiators. Um, but it is a little harder in traffic, unfortunately. So I did that right before Gavin's tour too, when we went all the way through the hottest, one of the hottest States in America at the hottest time of year on a bike that is no longer liquid cooled. Did that just in time for that. <laughs> so that wasn't too great, but at least we knew how to take the motorcycle lane. Didn't have to wait in traffic too, too much. So how was that right? That must have been one heck of an adventure. I mean, I had fun following it on, you know, social media, all the stuff you guys did. And you know, like I say, you know, you I mean you and your dad did some amazing photography and the photos and everything. And you know, I can't wait to see the the film when it gets put together. But how was that right. trip for you? Oh my God. Like it, it's it's probably I'd say it's probably my 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 top favorite motorcycle uh uh event story, you know, uh motorcycling journey that I've been on. It's it's probably my favorite one so far. Um, that was such a blast. It was a completely unique experience, unlike anything I've ever done, you know, um, and just just the uh, the title of it. Right. It, it's like we're taking we're we're going. It's what is it? It was four or five of us. It was five bikes. I think it was four bikes. Five. five. Right. Hop, Kim, you and Jason, you know, had wrong way to take along for a little bit. And oh, yeah, yeah we, we had a few people tag along, which was really cool. But yeah, it was like um. We were taking five bikes along all over, like I said, one of the hottest states in America at the time, around the hottest time of year, 3,700 miles, eight days. Most people who ride Harleys aren't going to do anything like that. And then also, we're taking an eight-year-old with DMD. Just saying that we're going to attempt that was was really cool. And then finishing it was just unlike anything else I've ever done. So that was that was incredible to be a part of. Um, and then I'm, I'm so excited for the documentary. You know, we're, we're doing it piece by piece. You know, like we're... we're uh, we're doing like one segment at a time and mm -hmm. each, segment, I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy with the way it's turning out. So that's, that's very cool. That's awesome. What do you think the time frame is for it to get finished? A few more months? Uh, I'm not too sure. Jason, Jason's really leading the, uh, leading the charge on it. He's kind of just giving me like the smaller tasks to do stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say a few more, few more months is a safe zone. I can only imagine me how much hours of footage between all you know you guys got from that's got to be just mind-boggling. Man, the cameras almost never turned off. We were just constantly, 
changing and charging batteries the whole time. My dad had a, he had like this giant portable battery. Like it was, it was maybe this big sitting in his trunk. And um, we always just had batteries hooked up to it. So um, yeah, like I said, I mean, the, the cameras never really turned off. And then, you know, everybody had GoPros on them. Uh, and then me and my dad had, you know, the, the two uh, actual cameras. And then uh, my dad had, you know, a drone and a few other little small pocket cameras and stuff like that. So definitely hours of footage, days of footage. Um, but we, we've gone through most of it and we got some, we got some pretty cool stuff that I'm really, really excited to share. So that'd be cool. That was, yeah, that was really cool. And I really, I really hope that we can, uh, we can express the, the whole feeling of the trip through that documentary, you know, because the trip was more than just like a trip. It was just, it was, it was a feeling, you know, every day it was a completely different feel. And that was, that's something that I'm really hoping that we can articulate really well in, in the pot, in the, in the documentary. I so, love how you put that. That is super cool. Cause that kind of in a way opened up, you know, question I had is, you know, how is moto traveling, you know, changing anyways, you know, when it comes to traveling by motorcycle. What do you mean? Uh, I'm, can you repeat the question? You know, how is, you know, moto traveling, traveling on a motorcycle change things for you in any ways? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, it's it's my favorite thing to do on a motorcycle. And I forgot that for a while cuz I was I got really ate up with the stunt stuff. I was really trying to wheelie so hard for for I don't know, 6 months. And I I completely forgot that my favorite thing to do on a motorcycle by far is travel. You know, and so um just before that trip, my dad and I did a, a 1k and it was a reminder that I was a little nervous about my bike breaking down and I hated that. I hated being nervous because I I I love traveling so much on a motorcycle. So the fact that I did some things to my bike that made it harder to travel on it was just, it was a real eye opener to do that 1K. And then of course, to do the Gavin's trip, I was luckily not, I was luckily the only bike, I think, that didn't make it into the service department during the trip. But after the trip, it was like, I, we pulled in a horny toad and it was like, my bike was in shambles. <laughs> it was just falling apart. My air cleaner was coming off. It was puking oil. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't know about that, but, and then I lost a, I lost an exhaust bracket on like day four and it was just eating, like it was just destroying that exhaust. Uh, I was really nervous about losing another, uh, uh, like breaking another, uh, exhaust stud. Um, and then my, I had a chain of time. The chain was just eating away my primary and then that, that caused more problems than Sturgis, but which eventually yeah. led to me riding on the back of my dad's bike for most of Sturgis, which was upsetting. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a great question. Amy wanted to, you know, point out is, you know, how how was it riding on the back of your dad's bike? Uncomfy. <laughs> I mean, like the seat was comfortable. <laughs> um, but he didn't he didn't really hold back, you know. <laughs> he wasn't like, all right, you know, Chase isn't really familiar with being a passenger. I'm just gonna like take it easy for him. I mean, it was just typical, you know, lane splitting kind of stuff, <laughs> uh, through Sturgis. And uh it was like what what's what's funny for me is like uh I can be a I can be a bit, bit, a bit vibrant with like, you know, like the stuff that I wear, the way that I act, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I, I, I like having a big burly bike cause it contrasts to that, you know? So <laughs> I'm wearing like a bunch of colorful clothes. That's like, um, you know, I wear like joggers and like colorful socks and like, this like, like really pretty shirt, you know, and you're riding <laughs> on a man's bike and it just completely ruins the whole vibe, <laughs> you know? So that, uh, that, that kind of sucked a little. Um, but yeah, uh, 10 out of 10 wouldn't recommend it. I don't, I don't really want to ride them back at that, that guy's bike again. So, uh, here's to making my bike a little more reliable from here on. <laughs> oh, saw game was on point. Your dad says, <laughs> I 
<laughs> always keep the socks on point always uh oh. a lot of that a lot of that trip i was using the socks that i had bought for uh for the gavin gavin tour normally uh whenever i'm doing these trips i like always underpack just because i'm like oh, i'll figure something out on the road you know and then it's always like a pain in the ass when i have to figure something out like on gavin's tour i didn't i only brought one pair of pants <laughs> because i just <laughs> i hate packing eight days 110 plus degrees i only need one pair be fine they'll be sweaty they'll dry yeah. I mean, well, I guess I think I packed like two pair, but it was like um, one pair had, oh, I had a rip in one, so I had to throw them away. So I only had one pair of pants, like as the trip was going on and um, we didn't have as many uh, washing opportunities as I thought. So then it was like uh, day, like three or four, I was scrambling to like buy pants. I was going to a Walmart like every other day because I kept buying pants that didn't fit right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kept like, accidentally oh, shit, buying cause I hate trying stuff on in the store. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was like, these look like my size, and then I'd leave and like go to put them on. And it's like, looks like I'm wearing another day of dirty pants because <laughs> these aren't gonna work. <laughs> Skinny jeans, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit, that is too funny. Well, oh, then after man. that one, you did you? Uh, I think what you and some buddies you trailered up to uh, Tail the Dragon. Oh man, that was a blast. So after uh, Avan- after Gavin's tour, uh, yeah, me and my buddy Chris and Trey. Um, we had a plan with like a, a few, like a, a good handful of guys. We were all going to go to Colorado. It was, it was gonna be like a weekend trip. I didn't know it. They had planned it out for like, I think like a year or something like that. Um, and then I kind of got, I got invited like maybe like right before we did Gavin's tours, like, Hey, like you coming to this? And then I was like, yeah, for sure. And then they were like, are you sure? Because like, nobody's flaking out of this. Like, this is like, this is going to be a for real. Like if you say you're going, you're going. I was like, I'm going, dude, I got it. I got don't worry about me. I don't really flake out of stuff. I'm really a yes man and I hate missing out on stuff. I got I got FOMO, like something fierce. So I'll be there. So uh then it was like uh maybe three days before it, it, the group went from like 10 people to like three. <laughs> it was me and me and uh, my buddy Chris and Trey, and it was it was a fantastic trip. But since it was just us three, um, instead of going to Colorado, we were like, Well, I mean, tell the dragons like same distance, let's just run up to Tennessee. Me and Trey have never done Taylor Dragon, so we did it. We ripped it. It was a blast. Um, the picture that you were using for some of the cover uh, cover art for this this episode, mm-hmm. where I'm like all the way leaned over. Um, I, a lot of people don't really know that was a screen grab from a video, and I never posted the video because I look like an idiot. <laughs> because uh, in that in that video, it's like a a mod, like a mild turn, and Trey's got his phone out. Trey's Trey and Chris are both pretty. They're they're better writers than I am for sure. And so it's like uh, every once in a while I'll catch up with them and I'm like, oh, I must be shredding. I'm fa- I'm catching these guys, you know, I don't have as much clearance either. So it's a little harder for me to keep up with them. And so it's like if I'm catching up to them, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I'll see like Trey has his phone out, <laughs> you know, and I'm like giving everything I got to catch up to them. And he's like still almost about to walk away from me. So and then, yeah, Trey has his phone out and I see his phone out. I don't get on camera very much. So uh, we're going around this like mild curve. And then I was like. I'm going to give it hell. So I like dipped it down really fast, but that was like way too much lean for the curve. So it was like in the video, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> they're just like back upright. <laughs> like I think I scraped in the video, but, it, but it was like a uh, trade just scream, grabbed it. He was like, nobody has to see the rest of the video. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, no, that was a fantastic trip. That was, like I said, my first time doing tail of the dragon. Um, my bike broke down on the dragon. The third time we did it. Um, my shift linkage <laughs> worked its way off of the in, like in between the primary and the transmission um that's where the shift link is like worked off of the the this the the rod the shift rod mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a 
there's a uh, a snap ring that kind of holds everything in place that that little shift rod holds it in place and uh we're going to put everything back on and this little rod damn near falls into my transmission and so we were like okay before this turns into a really big catastrophe where we have to like take my whole primary off of my bike in the middle of the dragon let's just i'm just going to get from here to the end of the we was like at the almost at the beginning of the dragon we were like we just got to get chase from here to the end of the dragon and he'll just stay in first gear the whole time so and that's that's what happened i had to do the dragon in first gear there's uh there's pictures of me um i don't i don't remember if i posted them but there's a couple of pictures that like the professional photographers were taking and i'm just like holding my my shift linkage in my hand just like yeah it, yeah super <laughs> big, you know hazards are on and shit people honking behind me <laughs> no noticing a pattern with the breakdowns yeah unfortunately but hopefully i mean i'm really working on that pattern coming to an end um especially after you know the gavin's tour and, and like i said doing that 1k with my dad was just like it was just a real eye-opener that i made my bike unreliable whenever i was trying to be all stunner boy so um i got i got carried away the whole the, the whole goal of my bike was always like since i got it because sea bear was like one of the big reasons i got a road glide you know watching that stuff online i was like maybe one day i could do some cool stuff like that um but but still tour my bike. So the goal of my bike was always just to have a touring bike that can stunt, not a stunt bike that I'm touring, you know, because those are two different, yeah. two completely yeah. different things. One's a raggedy piece of shit that makes it places sometimes. So, um, then I, I accidentally built a stunt bike that, that I tried to tour on and it just always had problems. So, um, I've been, I've been de-stunting my bike, but I've just, I've just broken a bunch of stuff and ruined a bunch of things that I'm like, I'm kind of finally in the cleanup stage of my bike. Um, I just recently found out that I broke the seat pan to my seat, you know? So it's like, it's in two pieces. It's nice $700 saddleman because I was just being an idiot for six months. But trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm 23, <laughs> you know? Well, it's all, you know, life experience. You guy thinks, hey, this would be a great idea. And then, you know, you kind of figure out that you kind of want to go another way. It's like, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I mean, like, doing a wheelie on a, on a touring bike is so cool. Because a lot of people, like, including myself until, like, two years ago, didn't think it's, like, a possible thing to do, you know? So whenever you're in a pack full of, of baggers or, you know, like, the Gavin's tour, right, you're wearing this pack full of like just fully loaded down baggers you know some some passengers and stuff like that and then i'm at a stoplight come up in a wheelie that's exactly what i always wanted to do just kind of like little baby wheelie just like bah, and then bring it down you know nothing i'm not trying to get all crazy but just kind of like show people like hey look look at this look what this bike can do you know but like i said just got carried yeah. away yeah. i dad hit the nail on the head you know best lessons are hardest learned that is true that's hey yeah, easy that's ride i'm planning on winning that bike it's going to come to my garage <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but that was that was what i was gonna say too it was the, the if i i love the idea of stunning or like stunning a big bike like that having a, a full stunt bike that's like a, a touring bike but to tour i'd want a different bike that i don't stun at all you know so um i can you know eventually you know you get the the hooligan bike and then yeah. you know have your touring bike right yeah, that's. I think that's the goal in the long run. I really, really like baggers. I rode a Sportster today, you know, nice little nimble Sportster, and I hated just like not having the stability. You know, like my friend let me borrow a Sportster while we went to the stunt lot, um, and it's just, I just, I love the security of a of a bagger. It's just the the weight of it just feels nice. So I can see myself having a, just a garage full of baggers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and they all have their own purpose, you know. 
I can see myself building a little off-road bagger, <laughs> you know. So I kind of figured out once, like, you know, you need a seven bikes, like the touring bike, you know, your hooligan bike, just the run around town bar hop bike, you know, the adventure style bike. I can't remember the list, but once I had it figured out, it's like, fuck, I need seven bikes. And I had a purpose for all of them, but now it's like I can remember five of them. So I don't know. I guess I'm down to, you know, maybe someday I'll have five. Honestly, it sounds reasonable to me. It sounds reasonable. Okay, it's just money. Just money. That's it. Can't take it with you when you go. Might as well spend it yeah. now. It's like Amy said, no sportsters. Yeah, she has a she had a bad dream about a sportster that she picked it up. I think we're in Sturgis and me and Hayden Letra had a flat tire. And she's like, My tires are flattened. And she's we just told her, Well, get it home. See you later. And I guess Hayden and I just took off. I'm like, huh, that's a fucking great dream, dear. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So have you ridden much through Arkansas or any of that area down there? I can tell you. <laughs> I normally just follow the leader whenever we go out of town. You could ask my dad. I'm the most geographically challenged person you'll ever meet. <laughs> you know, I thought uh, until recently, I thought New Mexico was like to the left of us, you know, to the right. Of, it I don't is. Remember. It, yeah. So <laughs> perfect example. <laughs> now I thought New Mexico was to the right of us. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, no. I know I've ridden through Arkansas a couple times. Um, I can't tell you much of what I've seen in Arkansas. Um, I can tell you that the time that I spent in Tennessee and North Carolina when we did the Dragon was one of the most beautiful rides I've been on. Just because all there's not a whole lot of straight straight roads out there, and the greenery is just beautiful. I'm from Texas, where everything is just flat and dead, <laughs> you know. So to see like this, these like just beautiful landscapes, like moss coming down and actually going over hills is foreign to me so it's, it's very cool well how was the trip when you guys rode up from texas to south dakota i mean besides obviously you know the the breakdown shit and the chain shit up but as for the scenery and the riding part oh yeah the, the scenery was amazing i remember super vividly and i have a ton of pictures but of course they'll never do it justice um super vividly the the day we're pulling into sturgis it was one of the most beautiful sunsets i've ever seen and I've been pretty fortunate to see a lot of sunsets with uh, with my dad on a motorcycle. It's, it's one of the like one of my favorite things about motorcycling with my dad is just like going going through sun sunsets and sunrises. Um, and to be pulling into Sturgis for an event that we were going for for you know um, uh, for the end of the Monster One Hundred uh, with my dad, while there's just such a beautiful sunset, it was my first time in Sturgis. It was just like the perfect just like the perfect thing. Um, so that was like the the best introduction to Sturgis that would really just set the tone for the whole, the whole trip, despite my bike breaking down r repeatedly on that trip. Um, when we first pulled into Sturgis, it was like, uh, I remember we desperately needed to get something figured out on my bike. Um, my chain had a, a bunch of problems because of my axles problems because of my six month stint trying to wheelie all the time. So, um, I, I, had been really eating up my chain, eating up my my sprockets, and then that was eating up the my inner primary. I was having new leaks the whole ride there. Um, I had bought a jack from an O'Reilly's, and we were jacking up my bike, and just like every fucking, it seemed like every hour I was wrenching on my bike, and that that really sucked. Um, but I remember when we first started that trip, it was the first time that I started a trip where I was like, the first time I started a trip in probably like a year where I was like, my bike feels solid. This thing just feels perfect, you know? And then it was like, as the trip went on, it just progressively got worse because of just all the small problems that has turned into big problems. Um, but uh, yeah, so when we first pulled into Sturgis, 
I remember my dad being like, uh, Hey, we gotta, we gotta, we have to avoid certain booths so that way we can get your, your bike figured out. I was like, what do you mean we have to avoid certain booths? He's like, well, like we can't go by the wild ass booth. I was like, why? He's like, well, all of our friends are going to be there. I was like, okay. He's like, so, <laughs> so we're going to be talking to them for fucking hours and then your bike's just going to stay broken. <laughs> you know, he's like, we got to, we got to get something figured out while, you know, the, the sun's up. So, uh, one of the big, one of the big reasons I went chain drive on my bike was because it's really easy to uh, replace a chain obviously and then uh finding a chain right chains are more accessible than belts because most bikes are chain drive now what i didn't know is that most chains aren't as enormously large as a harley chain so we're in sturgis where there's just nothing but bike parts all around and nobody's carrying a chain that is is used on a harley you know uh, not that wide not that many links so uh, then I had to go back belt drive and I was super upset. And then I remember getting on my bike after, after the whole trip was over basically. And we were about to start heading home. And from then and still to now, this is the most solid my bike has ever felt. So that's, that's very exciting. A very big step in the right direction. So yeah, I can big. see that for sure. But yeah. But like I, said, oh, go ahead, buddy. Was, so yeah. And, and then, you know, I'm, I, I have this newfound confidence in my bike. And uh, we have this, there was a, uh, a barbecue cook-off this last weekend, or this this last Friday. I'm sorry, this last Saturday. And uh, I left out from work on 5, 5, at about 5, 5.30 to, to head over there in Paris, Texas, which is about six hours north of me. So um, I plan on showing up to the campgrounds that I was going to stay in, Silver Springs. I plan on showing up like 11 or 12. And um, I made it just below Dallas before my bike broke down again, even though it felt super solid and I was super confident, which was soul crushing. Um, <laughs> so that, that really sucked, which was, that was a whole, that was a whole thing on its own, which was just, I was super, super fortunate to have made the friends that I've made because so many people went out of their way to come help me that night. Uh, last the night before last night, I haven't gotten much sleep, you know, since then, uh, last night we were up until four in the morning helping a buddy with uh, his his fork tubes, and um, night before that was the night that I broke down and I started camping on the side of thirty five. Well, I waited, I waited for some some, some for some solutions. So, yeah, like I said, that was a little soul crushing, but still, still step in the right direction. I learned, I learned it was, I learned a whole lot whenever I did this this uh, Texas tour for the goat. Um, whenever I'm surrounded by a bunch of bikes that have almost double the miles of my bike. Hopper's got almost a hundred thousand more miles than my bike and it's completely stock. You know, I, I built this bike of course with um, a bunch of the stunt stuff in mind, but most of the, most of the mods I was doing were for longevity. When a stock part goes out, I replace it with, with the performance part to help with the longevity, right? Whenever, whenever, whenever I have an issue with the stock clutch basket, I got a billet clutch basket to last longer and it didn't. My, my clutch basket went out in 10,000 miles. And meanwhile, Hopper's still <laughs> cruising along with a stock clutch basket that has been lasting him forever, you know? So it's it's really put a, pot, a lot into perspective about just like mods. Even even though the mods that I'm doing for longevity, it's just, it's not worth the risk because the, the stock stuff is lasting plenty long. So that was... Yeah, I mean, and there's one thing, you know, the, the little goodies just to to help the engine itself, you know, the intake, you know, exhaust, whatnot, help the motor breathe better, let it exhaust better, you know, some yeah. things, but, you know, I think I said a lot of people, you know, my opinion wise, it's like, 
there is, I think, you know, like you found out, there's a disadvantage to going bigger is always better. Of course. Sometimes it always doesn't last like one's going to think, but, you know, it's all trials and tribulations. You know, sometimes it works great. Sometimes it's not going to. And it's just one of those things that, you know, we find into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Learning. I'm learning. Uh, and and making changes. So this this uh, this week, probably tomorrow, actually, I'll be putting a uh, a stock clutch basket with like I'm I'm gonna get my bike all fixed up tomorrow from this this last Paris trip because uh, I'm heading out to Terralingua this this coming weekend. I'm leaving Friday um, with a with a good group of dudes. So gotta make sure the bike's good because I've been planning for a year to do this trip and uh, I missed it last year. So super excited. What did that guy just say? <laughs> What about a 121? Yeah. I'm really excited to leave my 121 drivetrain stock. <laughs> I bet you are. I, yeah, I call bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I believe him. He's about as burnt out as I am. Even with his big 131 that was from the factory, he's he's had a, a good bit of issues. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember last year when he came up, you know, we met up in uh, South Dakota last year, and then he ended up breaking down in what I think Colorado on his way home. Yeah. Yeah, well, and then uh, pretty shortly after he got the the one thirty one, I think it was I think it was only like twenty thousand miles in. Uh, for me and my cousin's twenty first birthday, we ran to Vegas, and uh, we made it into Arizona. And my dad's cat, his his catalytic converter on his exhaust was about to shoot at me, shoot out at me. And uh, we pulled into a dealership, and I think he had like a an oil change that he was trying to get done. And they were like, "Hey, you know, your exhaust is falling apart, and also you have a a head like a a, a head gasket leak." And then he was like, okay, cool. Like, uh, we'll wait for it. And then they're like, no, we don't, we don't carry parts for this motor. And so that, that really sucked. You know, my dad had to fly out to meet us in uh, Vegas. Like, we, we finished the trip, went to Vegas. My dad had actually had to fly out to Vegas to meet us. But it's like, it, it sucks because that's a stock Harley bike, you know? I mean, obviously not like super stock, right? But it's it's everything from, from the factory. He didn't modify yeah. anything, you know? So that was, I think that was a really hard lesson learned. And uh, he's been, he's it seems like he's just kind of had a lot of those kind of issues, you know? So that's why I totally believe him when he's talking about leaving the 121 stock. He he even was telling me that he's going to keep the exhaust stock, but I don't believe him. Uh, I'm with you. Because that thing sounds like a live wire, you know? <laughs> I went riding sounds with Sounds like him. a sewing machine? Oh, no, I wish. Because then you could hear it. No, I went riding with him the other day. And uh, we're, we just like, we just went to a, a, a firehouse subs, right? Not It's pretty close by. And I remember, like, I'd be riding, like, pretty pretty close to him. And uh, I look to the right, and I look back, and he's just gone. Like, he just left. And I had no idea because I couldn't hear him at all. You know, even even the 131, it had kind of quiet pipes, but you could still hear when he downshifted and stuff like that. But this one's just a smooth running, silent but deadly bike, you know? So, <laughs> silent I don't but deadly. I like it. I don't know. I, I, feel, like, I feel like that's going to be the main thing he lied about. I think he's going to change the exhaust on it. But I guess time will tell. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, kind of, you know, you know, how'd you kind of get into the photography aspect? I know you like to do a lot of photography stuff. Well, it, I, I had, I have like a, a pretty good love for photography. Um, and I feel like most people who have had a smartphone, you know, they, we all take pictures and everybody's like, oh my God, I I love these pictures that I've taken and I love photography and so, so on and so forth. Um, but I, uh, whenever I was going 
to the lot every day, which is uh, it's like it's the stunt lot, which is every Sunday. Um, me and a lot of the the stunt guys will go out and just kind of practice. And so it's it now it's turned into I'm practicing camera work and they're practicing stunts. Um, but that's that's where it was really cultivated. Was I had my phone camera and I'm I'm taking these these pictures that I was actually really pretty proud pretty proud of for a phone camera. It was, it was pretty terrible camera on my Android that I was taking pictures with. Um, but I was still taking pictures that I was pretty proud of. Um, and so I was doing that every single weekend for like a year, just phone, phone camera pictures. Um, I was getting, I was getting a lot of compliments and that was really cool. Um, but more importantly, I was really, I was really capturing the moment. Right. I, I've never really liked taking pictures of stuff where it's like posed or, um, like, okay, everybody gather around and I'm going to take a picture or do that again. I need to get it on camera kind of stuff, but, uh, capturing a moment or an emotion or, just kind of like a, a a feel, you know, um, a memory. And, yeah, I'm, I'm like that's the main goal. Is I'm, I'm trying to capture a memory. I'm trying to capture how something feels in the moment. And um, so uh, I I was doing that for about a year, just taking pictures with my phone. And then um, my dad had let me borrow one of his old vlogging cameras, and it was just a complete game changer. It was like because I, I was like a I was like social media sober for like six months. You know, and during that time, I picked Social up my dad's camera. Sober. Yeah, it got bad because it was like I remember I was posting like every day, sometimes twice a day, because I didn't like my job at the time, and so I'd like hide out in the bathroom and I'd just be like always on my phone on on social media, just like always posting, always tagging everybody and stuff like that, and it just felt gross. So I was like, I need to step back and just figure out how to not make this so ingrained into my life. So then it was like, like I said, I was like social media sober for like six months, and then uh, during that time. I had a uh, I had picked up my dad's old camera and um, a couple lenses and stuff like that and I've been practicing and stuff like that so I kind of I came back. Vicky. What's uh what she say? Oh, she's trying to play a fucking dirty game. Buffalo Denver. <clears throat> yeah. Damn it. It's one of those things. It's a club you don't ever want to get into. Okay. Yeah, you uh, sometimes she ask your dad about the Buffalo Cub. And scotch I tape. I, I don't think I want to. Oh no, you trust me. It was fucking hysterical when he went to find scotch tape so the beer wouldn't stick in his hand. What? I'll explain to you a little when we're done a little bit more. But right. yeah, it was a it was Older. a very good moment last year in South Dakota when he's scotch taping all of his fingers so the beer would slide out of his hand if he picked it up with the wrong wrong hand. <clears throat> that is touche. Hear that. That's not the first time my dad's taped his fingers. I remember we were going through New Mexico and it was snow- like, I guess it wasn't snowing, but it had recently snowed. Uh, there we, you go. We were, all, we were all duct taping our fingers to try to like keep the cold wind off of our fingers. It didn't work, but it was worth a try. Yeah, so, you know, you got to try it. Yeah, that, that trip was my first time wrecking, like actually wrecking. Because like I had made a couple like small mistakes. And, and when you have crash protection, you know, on these bikes, it's really easy to kind of just like, play around on it you know but it also gets you familiar with the bike whenever you drop it you can see where the limits are stuff like that but yeah that was my first like actual wreck was in uh new mexico me and my dad and my uncle are we're just i think we just took like a weekend trip to rio doso or i don't even remember um but we we just took like a a short trip to new mexico and uh i tapped into my dad's helmet i didn't know it was gonna be so cold i think we were gonna go to arkansas and then we were like oh let's go to new mexico instead so we did and uh (laughs) i remember I was like, I packed one jacket and like I had like thrashing gloves, you know, and it was like 35 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> so then 
we're we're riding up through like these beautiful scenic places of of uh new mexico and this was i think this was my first time looking at a mountain and seeing like snow caps like like snow on the top of the the mountains and stuff like that and um then i was like oh that's so cool and then i'm like kind of looking on the side of the road and there's like weird looking gravel time out that's the first time you'd seen mountains with snow on them yeah yes sir not a whole lot of mountains in texas and not a whole lot of this was last year I think two years ago. Jesus Christ, you live a sheltered life, my friend. Uh, just not a whole lot of traveling. <laughs> not, a whole lot of being out of Texas. not before the bike. So, okay, that's you know just just want to check. Since the bike, I've seen I've seen quite a bit of uh, snow on top of mountains. Okay, <laughs> but and, and mountains in general, I hadn't seen a whole lot of mountains in general growing up. So, um, like I said, everything's pretty flat in, in Texas. So right. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing all this like white stuff on the side of the road, the gravel looking stuff. And then I touched on my dad's helmet and I was like, Hey, uh, is that fucking snow? <laughs> and then he was like, Oh yeah, it's, I mean, maybe it's a little cold. And so like, I'm just like looking around. I'm really shocked that this dude just took me into like what I considered like a snowstorm, you know, cause I, I'd never really <laughs> ridden anything near close to snow. So I'm like, dude, we're in a blizzard right now. And you like, you didn't even tell me. So then I'm like, keeping my mind off of being freezing. You know, because like I said, I had like a windbreaker and some thrashing gloves. I might as well have just been wearing shorts. So um, we're uh, we're cooking along. I'm looking at these mountains and they're just beautiful. And then my bike does this little weird wobbly thing. And my dad taps into my helmet. He's like, hey, you, you felt that, right? And I was like, yeah. He said, yeah, you just ran over ice. I need you to pay attention to the road instead of the mountains, please. <laughs> you know, like, I don't need this to get like nasty. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. And then as we're talking... <laughs> Like I just, I'm looking like at the road. I'm like that. There is ice all over the road. And I look up, and we're doing like 45. And there's um one of those like little. It's a little turn. It's got a little sign that says like, recommended speed 30. You know. And then I was like, oh shit. You know, like I try to try to start slowing down. And then there's just ice all around that corner. And then, so my dad goes off the road. And then I'm like trying to take this corner. And then I just I low side and the bike spins like a top and ejecto seats me. So, um, that was my first like actual time going down like on a trip or not doing something dumb um i mean i guess i guess i wasn't paying attention that's pretty dumb but um yeah this is a good time the the other two like wrecks before i had like a a a real what i would consider like a real wreck that was like a pretty could have been a pretty nasty one which was last year um the other two times i had a i had high sided my bike trying to uh trying to do like drift and stuff you know whenever i was going through the stunt phase so i'd, I'd swing it out real hard and then i'd lock i we talked about this um the last podcast there was one time i was leaving work and i swung it out real hard and then my handlebars hit the steering lock <laughs> my handlebars hit the steering locks and then i high-sided pretty bad hit my head on the hit my my helmet on the ground had to go buy a new helmet now right after that podcast i did it again because <laughs> i didn't <laughs> So yeah, it was like it was like a week later. I high sided again, and then it was like, okay, yeah, this whole drifting thing is not for me. Um, but so I didn't really learn much, right? About like, um, I, I didn't I didn't really learn much about um, kind of taking it easy, or I, I didn't like I didn't I didn't really like uh, it didn't really like freak me out, you know? It didn't make me feel uncomfortable on my bike. I was like, oh well, that happened because I was being an idiot, you know? Now maybe like a year after that, um, I actually wrecked. I was going around a curve and I was taking it super easy. It was a, it was the night of a, I remember specifically it was the night of a, a blood moon and um, I was hanging out in Lavernia and I started heading back home. It was like one in the morning. And then uh, 
There are get offs and real. There are get offs in real. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm familiar with the fast get offs. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I'm. I'm going around this like really light corner that I hadn't been around very much. And normally, if it was daytime, I'd probably try to take that corner doing like 115. But I was like, uh, I was like, I'm gonna take it easy. It's one in the morning. I've never been around this corner. It's the darkest hell outside. So I'm taking it easy, barely turning, doing about 60, 65, and there's just like. Uh, it it seemed like there was just like soap water all over the road. It was like my tires touched it and I low sided like immediately. Um, my bike slides low siding and then it catches and it hits the other side and it's sliding again and it flips again. And um, I uh, I remember I was sliding. I was wearing this shirt actually. Um, I was uh, I was sliding for a little bit and my feet were out in front of me and I was like uh, I had to follow my kid on his first trip. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, but my, my feet are out in front of me, and uh, I was like, I want to run this off. You know, I didn't I didn't know I was still doing like 40. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I got to put my feet under me, and I just catapult myself, which really saved me from road rash, but I got some more bruises like that. So I got I got some serious airtime, jacked my helmet up again, just like destroyed a lot of stuff on my bike. Um, but that was the only wreck that's like really shaking me up because I wasn't being an idiot, and I was paying attention. And that was the first time that, that was a wreck that I felt like I couldn't have avoided and that sucked. So then it was like up until recently, it was like any curve, anytime I was in rain, I just, I was never, I had never felt this the way that I felt before that curve, you know, young, dumb and ignorant. Um, well, you get new so, respect for it. I mean, it, it kind of, right. you know, makes you like second guess. Okay, cool. You know, maybe a little easier, but yeah, when you go through an experience like that, all of a sudden, you know, you, you got to get that confidence back. Cause you know, those things happen. It's going to, you know, put you down a notch or two. It's like, okay, now, you know, you got to work and come back. Yeah. It was definitely a humbling moment. A reminder, it, nonetheless, you know, it's, it's a reminder that anything can happen at any time, you know? So, and I got, I, I needed that reminder. I'm really, I'm really fortunate to have just ridden my bike home. There was, there was EMS that happened to be passing by on that. Like they were leaving work and it was like a, this, this dude in a van and he stops and he's like, fuck, I'm like, He's like, hey, take take your helmet off. I'm like, uh, who are you? <laughs> you know, and then he's like, take your helmet off. And he's like, checking if I have a concussion and shit like that. And so um, I was like, yeah, like my name's Chase. It's a Thursday, you know, or whatever. Right. And so um, he's like, all right, you're, you're good. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm a little rashed up, but not not bad. And he's like, okay. Um, he's like, oh, well, I called a flatbed. I was like, uh, I can't afford a flatbed. This bike turns on. Tell him to turn around. You know, so like, <laughs> all crooked bikes, like, it's pretty jacked up. And then so, um, like my fairings all like wiggling around my fairing brackets are broken and stuff and then he's like are you sure you might have a concussion i was like you just checked if i had a concussion let i'm riding my bike home you know <laughs> arrest me or i'm riding away so yeah and then i i saw the flatbed pull up and i, I was like dude i'm sorry you wasted a trip i'm leaving like this isn't happening so um but yeah i remember i remember leaving that place on the side of the road, just like super grateful with how it shook out because another big fear of mine is guardrails, right? Um, if I do wreck, I really don't want to be anywhere near a guardrail because those just mess people up. So, um, and then that was, that was it. I was heading straight for a guardrail, especially whenever I tried to like catapult myself <laughs> and meet back up with my bike. Um, I remember like being in the air, just watching this guardrail get closer to me. So that was, um, that was, that was the only time I've actually, actually been like shaken up with, uh, one of my faster get offs. <laughs> I can see why <clears throat> that could definitely shake a person up a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, but, you um, know, you've rebounded and you know, you're, you continue to go at it and you know, you retrain the brain. Yeah. Retrain the brain for sure. My, I have a, I have a pretty shocker. I know pretty unreliable truck as well. So, um, I get to get a lot of seat time in. So <laughs> <laughs> I was dailying my bike for, uh, two, I, yeah, right, right under two years, uh, before I got my truck back from a mechanic that was really just dragging his feet with it. Um, I would say, but so. yeah, uh, yeah, very long story on the truck. I didn't do any of my own work on my truck because that's too important for me to mess with. And it's still all jacked up. So anyway, um, but yeah, I was daily on my bike for two years. So I got a, I got a good chance to get some good seat time in to get more familiar with my bike again. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a, it's been an eventful summer and pre-summer. I, like I said, I mean, I, I don't really in Texas. I mean, you don't really get a big, you don't really get a, a big winter time. So it has, it wasn't, I wasn't dailying it for three years, dad. Okay. <laughs> it was off and on for the last year. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. But yeah, the first two years definitely daily dailying it. But this last year has been like a, my truck runs every, every few months. It's running right now. Just fixed it the other day. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we don't, we don't get a big winter in Texas. So it's like, I get, I get the opportunity to ride all year long. So, I mean, since March, my, my year has just been kind of just been nonstop. I'm a yes man to a fault. So if somebody's like, Hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, dude, of course. You know? Uh, and then I'll look at my bank account and be like, I got to figure out how to make this work. <laughs> you know? So my um, green you says, know, yes, my bank account says you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Bank accounts always disagreeing with me. Um, but try to make it work. You know, I went to uh, I went to Daytona for the first time this March. That was that was a lot of fun. I went with um, most of uh, most of my friends who you know are are a lot better at the stunt stuff, and it was just a riot all through Daytona. None of us were running plates, you know. Like it was, it was a uh, it was pretty rowdy time. But was, Daytona would be cool. Daytona was a fat, fantastic time, and with with my little gaggle, it's like we kind of knew where all of the the young, dangerous, dumb stuff is happening, so we kind of gravitated towards that. So there's, there's, of course, with events that big, there's so many different types of crowds, you know? So it was cool. It'd be fun. I mean, I, those, like, I like to ride, but that time of year, it'd be really hard trying to go from the far Northwest and, you know, there are some mountains and whatnot in the way. And that time of year, they're not very motorcycle friendly to get down to. Yeah. In March. Florida. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but you know, yeah. the, so how long were you in Daytona? Uh, we were there for shoot, I think seven days, eight days, something like that. Oh, nice. I think it was eight days. Um, and that was that was the first motorcycle thing that I've ever done where I actually trailered it. Um, and I felt I felt like dirty. I felt guilty. You know, <laughs> I didn't I didn't plan on trading uh, trailering it, but shocker, my bike was having problems. Um, and I was like, man, I, here. yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> trying to calm that pattern down a little bit. But, there we go. So, uh, I went to Daytona with a group of 11 bikes. So we had a trailer with nine bikes stuffed into it. Uh, and then a, a buddy had a truck with two bikes in his bed. Um, and it was just, it was a riot. Like I said, the, the whole time, but like, uh, I, I plan on doing a one K out there instead of trailering. And all my friends were like, dude, there's no, like, that's crazy. You know, this and that. Cause they're all, I mean, they're all Diana guys. They're all stunt guys. They're like, I'm not doing a fucking one K with you, you know? So I was like, all right, losers, I'm doing a 1K. I talked a whole bunch of mad shit for months before Daytona. I was like, yeah, well, let's, 
that's what you stunt guys do. Y'all aren't real Harley riders <laughs> like me, brother. And then sure enough, I was like, hey, y'all got any extra room on that trailer? <laughs> I don't I don't feel comfortable driving my bike that far by myself, you know, because they're gonna be pretty far ahead of me. But um, and then sure enough, really good thing I didn't ride out to Daytona because right after we got back, I learned that I made a mistake when I was putting the chain on my bike and my chain popped off and locked up my rear wheel um while I was in town, luckily, right after we got back from Daytona. So Really happy I traded that time. And then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's like ever since Daytona, it's just been, it's, it's been pretty packed, you know, uh, kind of a lot of stuff going on each month. Um, especially, I feel like, especially in Texas. So um, I got invited to do a Texas Hills photo shoot, which was like right after I got my, uh, right after I started borrowing my dad's, you know, actual camera. Um, so Texas Hills was an event that uh, I think shut down a few years back. I'm not too sure on the history of it. But um, my my uncle Cody is a photographer and super super big into the motorcycle world, and um, he got invited to do this shoot. And he was like, "Hey, like, would you would you want to like drive the truck while I do you know drone stuff or take these videos of these of these these Harleys for a promo shoot for Texas Hills?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I, I'd be like, I would absolutely love to." And while I was there, I happened to shoot a couple pictures, um, and some people really liked him, so they invited me back out to the, the second Texas Hills shoot. And That's then, cool. yeah, that, that was a blast. Um, so then it was like, it was cool watching them kind of use uh, the pictures that I was taking alongside my uncle's uh, uh, photos that I really respect his photography. And you'll see, I think that you'll see kind of honestly a lot of similarities between mine and his stuff as far as like um, just like a, a more summery, happy kind of vibe to him, you know? Um, well, I think that, every photographer has their style and, and their, their niche of, you know, when it comes to their editing and, and how they take them. And I think, you know, you can take similar for pictures as another photographer, you see similarities, but everybody's going to have their own style and it's going to stand apart from everyone else's. And, yeah. you know, the, the more you do it, you know, you're going to, you know, I mean, just from the pictures I've seen that you've take are, are absolutely amazing. And, you know, you, you keep going with it. It's going to be really cool to see how your, you know, basically your portfolio grows with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to grow in in the photography area, you know, I've, I've I've been invited to you know come shoot stuff and, and be paid. I'm weird about the payment thing or I've had people you know I'd be like hey like um how much do you want for these pictures you took and I'm like just have them dude like you were there and I was there and I just happened to take pictures but because like I'm still I'm still kind of honing in on it and I feel like I'm robbing people you know charging for pictures but I've been told by photographers that's a very terrible idea so well, yeah. I mean, and if people appreciate and, and like the quality of what you're doing, then it's just, you know, that, that next step of, you know, you, you get your name out there, you enjoy writing, but okay, cool. Now you're becoming, you know, a photographer within the community that we all enjoy so much. And, right. you know, having those people there that can, you know, snap those pictures and it's just, it all builds to the memories of what people, you know, they might've forgot about something that happens and see, oh man, this guy got a great picture and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, awesome. And then also, I, I kind of, I, I tend to miss a lot of shots, which is frustrating. I miss like the really cool shots. Like at Texas Hills, uh, we, went with, we went with some some of our stunt guys and um, they're all doing, you know, some rowdy stuff right in front of the venue. <laughs> and so, you know, wheelies up and down, they're, they block traffic, they stop the traffic in front of the, in front of the venue, you know, and so they're doing wheelies up and down and burnouts and all sorts of shit. And then there's a, uh, I think it was a state trooper, <laughs> like right, right in front of where they were blocking traffic. 
And then he's on the intercom. He's like, get out of the fucking road. You know, he's cursing at us. And then it was like, they're still just doing wheelies and burnouts. And um, I'm, I'm out there taking pictures, doing my very best to get everybody doing everything. And I didn't even see the cop, not for one second. And uh, one of my buddies, uh, he was like, he's like, all right, like I'm done. Like I'm going to, you know, get out of this little spot where we're doing all this, the stunt stuff. And the cops started following him. And so he took off and uh, I didn't catch that shot (laughs) and I get grief of it. I get grief from it. Maybe every week, more, probably more than every week, a few times a week where he's like, yeah, you know, Chase is a, our group picture taker, but he uh, misses a lot of cool stuff. Like whenever I had that cop behind me in Texas Hills with nothing, just smoke with nothing but like smoke behind me and a cop like, yeah, I get it, dude. I missed the shot, but that's, that's another thing that's like, it's it's hard for me to take payment because it's like i can't guarantee that i'm gonna get anything you know there is a lot of times that i'll go out with my camera take 200 pictures and not like any of them so but that's the thing i think you know you you might not like them but it's another opinion somebody looking out might really like the moment that you captured and it's just you know one of those deals yeah i gotcha yeah but yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited to grow with the photography thing. Almost every time I bring out the camera, I'm learning something new. Like today, I did I did a good bit of learning um, just on different lenses and stuff like that. I keep getting new favorites, and I'm really kind of like I said, I'm kind of starting to hone in on on what I'm what I like to do, what I like to shoot with, how I like to shoot. Um, one thing I'm really working on now is composition, which I'm it's probably like my biggest weakness. So setting up a shot and like you know seeing the lines in a photographer kind of way. The lines of like uh you know the roads and how people are coming at me with a bike so it's cool it's cool to be learning about it i mean i enjoy photography i'll you know watch a lot of youtube stuff and then they start oh no you got to set the aperture here and they you know start talking all this stuff it's like yeah i'm fucking lost already uh, yeah i mean when it comes to the the, the actual settings just gotta play with it you'll, you'll figure it out you know that's just that's stuff that i think that just comes naturally after like a month of missing a bunch of stuff or getting a bunch of stuff that's super low quality, then you'll you'll kind of figure out what settings do what and what to change at what times. So yeah, uh, I'll probably stick to the iPhone photography and I'll lock my focus, play the aperture that way. And yeah, I've got some cool pictures, but you know maybe someday I'll get a real camera. But I don't know. They say the best one is the ones in your pocket. So who knows? Yeah, I mean I agree. They're so convenient, and the the iPhone cameras are so much better than most of the cameras that were around ten years ago. You know? Oh yeah, you should tell that to your dad. The iPhone cameras are way better. Oh yeah, I do all the time. I'm recently uh, a converted iPhone guy. <laughs> I I was team Android to death until maybe six months ago. I dropped a I dropped my phone down a hole that I drilled. I was a I was a rock driller at a mining company, and uh, I'm looking down a I'm looking down a hole listening to a podcast. I was listening to your podcast actually, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening to this podcast and I get a text from my coworker. And I'm like I said, I'm looking down this this hole that I just drilled. It's 11 feet down into the ground, and um, I, I pick up my phone. I respond to the text, put my phone back in my pocket, but I didn't quite make my pocket. Falls directly 11 feet down into this hole into the earth, and there's no way to get it out. It's like it's gone forever. But your podcast is still playing, <laughs> and, and that uh, hole just acted as like an amplifier. And so I was just like, I was able to hear it clearly. Um, but oh, that's too freaking funny. Yeah, so then I had to I had to get a new phone, and at the time I was like, I just I just want to get an iPhone for convenience. Sharing sharing images is so much easier with the iPhones, which is like one of the biggest reasons I got one. You know, sharing like the Dropbox thing, you know, images and, and videos. So, yeah, I'm slowly but, learning some of that stuff, but 
yeah, I I was Android forever till about three ish years ago, maybe no, probably longer than that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, I went the iPhone way, and even the new one. I mean, I I don't have the fifteen. I got the fourteen Pro Max, so the camera is freaking phenomenal. I got the same phone. I, they just they like just came out with the fifteen, right? Like, yeah, maybe. just like a week or so ago. Yeah. Of course, I went to the fourteen Pro like two weeks before it came out. <laughs> yeah, that's my luck too. Kind of things how I roll. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 been a, it's been a pretty cool eventful summer. Um, my uh, my little gaggle got invited out to do a, a stunt show in Edinburgh, which was a blast. Um, and they were kind of like they're gonna be pretty upset if I didn't come and like photograph it. So that was really cool. Like my bike had some serious problems. Um, and I, yeah, I know. Shocker. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to make that ride out to Edinburgh. So I actually, um, I actually, uh, took one of the trucks, uh, one, like one of our, our guys trucks out there. And, um, just in case, you know, something happened and I think something did happen. So we had a little bike up and everything kind of worked out. But that was that was super cool that our group got invited out to do a stunt show for um it was uh it was called Blazing the Blazing the Bush, Blazing the Brush. And uh that was that was a really cool show. They had drag racing, uh a stunt show, uh and uh just all sorts of stuff, vendors and vehicle shows and stuff like that. Um something that I'm pretty I I'm I'm definitely gonna try to make it again next year. Um but it's it's by the border, man. And going to stuff by the border just kind of sucks. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> going out that way is just like it's so hot and boring and flat. Um and that's that's kind of how it's gonna be uh going to Terry Ling with us next weekend from what from what I understand, from what I've heard. Hot, boring, and flat, all the way until you get up to like near Big Bend area, then it starts to get pretty mountainous and stuff like that. Um but uh yeah, border border stuff is just kind of getting there is not that fun. So one of these summers you and dad need to get up to the, the Pacific Northwest area, show you some fun places and some epic stuff. I'd really great like great roads. Yeah. I'd really like to. I'm I'm really honing in on a reliable bike. So <laughs> I'll be making longer trips, I think, this next year. So that's that's well, even exciting. if your dad don't want to come, hey, you're always welcome, man. You come up here, I'll show you around. There's some cool shit to be seen and some awesome country for sure. Of course, man. I'll take you up on that. I'd love to come. Hopefully this next year. Yeah. Within this next year. So yeah, we can meet up in Kansas and talk about it. You know, you guys can just go from there. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for that ride. The, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. The the Monster K. The Monster 1K? The Monster K. The Monster K. I know. It was fun to finally actually get to meet you in person this year in Sturge. It was yeah. really cool. You got a couple yeah. awesome pictures of the bike. And, of course, you know, me and your dad bullshitting. And, no, your camera skills are awesome, man. I can't wait to keep following that stuff and see how, how it grows. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it was really cool meeting you in person. It, it, it felt like uh, we hadn't met yet. Whoa, whoa. If dad, if dad don't come, what the hell? Did we... It's all right. Ryan said, hey, if it don't work out, just go take Pearl. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. That was, oh, that was something that just, um, I didn't know that Ryan had both of his bikes there. And I'm riding around all Sturgis on the back of my dad's bike. And uh, right, I was like, "Oh man, I mean, it's it's pretty hilarious that you were on the back of your, back of your dad's bike, but I, I had an extra bike you could have ridden." And I was like, "Oh, well, thanks." <laughs> um, Actually, Amy had a good one. If there's one place you go next summer, where would it be? Well, there's there's certain trips that I try to really make. Um, I try to make each year, right? So like, there's the camp, like the fast life camp out. I really want to make that every year. But if you're saying like a just like a 
a location rather than an event that I'm trying to make. Or maybe, a, you know, a bucket list trip in one place you'd really want to go. I really, really want to see the Golden Gate Bridge on my bike. But That'd be cool. Gas prices kind of suck over there. But yeah, I, I really I really want to check out California on my bike. All, all of my friends who have been to California have nothing but amazing things to say about it. The riding is just beautiful out there. Um, and I just, I'd really love to get it. Like I said, I'd really love to get a picture of my bike um, with the Golden Gate in the background. Yeah. It's sunset. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. I just like know- said, one, one thing that's so fun that, you know, like, well, for instance, when I went to, you know, California, is going on motorcycles. Like, you know, you're riding, especially you're doing long adventures, long trips where you're riding, you're, you're seeing the sunrise, and then you're still going that day and you're chasing the sunset the same day. It's just oh, yeah. awesome. I, I, I can't count on two hands anymore how many times I've done that with my dad. And that's just been something that I'll, I'll be forever grateful for is, is, seeing the sunrise and sunset in the same day on a bike with, with my, my dad, one of my closest friends, you know? So that's, that's just super amazing. That's one of my, that's another part of motorcycle traveling. That is just like one of my favorite things about it is just seeing that kind of stuff. Just the beauty that nature has to offer us. I caught an amazing sunrise and I don't know where the hell we were, Southern Oregon somewhere getting close to California. And then, you know, the next day catching the sun sunset somewhere North of Bakersfield and, Oh, it was, just, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the just man, seeing different different types of scenery and um, just like the things that are happening naturally, like the sunsets, sunrises, and stuff like that. Um, but but like the mountains and the greenery, like I said, I was seeing in in uh, Tennessee and North Carolina, is just as a as a Texan with not a whole lot to see. It's just so fantastic to be able to see that kind of stuff on a motorcycle because it's 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 not as much like you're viewing it through a TV screen the way that it feels like on in a car in a motorcycle. Right. It's like you're living in that area for a short while, you know. So, and it's so much more personal on a motorcycle. It's not like in a car. It's it's hard to explain to somebody that doesn't ride when they can say they're seeing the same thing, but it's totally different. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Oh yeah. What about you? If you were to go anywhere, oh, I guess I didn't answer the question. If I was going to go anywhere uh, next, oh, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Yeah, California. Um, yeah. What about you? Next year, next summer, where would you like to go? I would love to go through Utah, southern Utah. Okay, I've, I've been wanting to make a Utah trip. I've been through Utah, but I haven't spent a whole lot of time there. I think it'd be cool to go through, you know, Utah, Zion, Arches, and some of those places. But I, I would also love to do Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been wanting to check out Colorado. We've kind of blasted through Colorado. The, the short time that I spent in Colorado coming from and going to Sturgis this year, Colorado, you got to fix your roads. Those roads sucked. I've <laughs> never been there, so I don't know. Yeah. You haven't, like, anywhere in Colorado? No. Really? Nope. I've done Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, South Dakota, Wyoming, and California. All right. So that'd be a cool thing, you know, like, you know, doing the Monster K, I'll get to see some new country because I think I'm going to try to route through part of uh, northern Colorado. Yeah, that'd but be nice. That's another one that, you know, that's an accident, a killer ride scenery is the Tetons in eastern or excuse me, western Wyoming into Idaho. Teton okay. Mountains are absolutely freaking amazing to see in person. Okay. We got to experience those last year. It was absolutely awesome. Yeah, I have to check that out. Teton. How do you even, how do you spell Teton? T-E-T-O-N. Oh, okay. 
Okay. I was I was picturing yeah. like go Google the Tetons. It's man, that they are absolutely freaking epic. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that's very cool. Leave me a little note because I will forget in less than a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. Really want to stay at the Stanley Hotel with you. Sure. Fucking they say one of the most haunted freaking hotels in the country. I was gonna say that sounds familiar, the Stanley Hotel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super I can't get down with the the uh spiritual stuff. You know, I'll I i do not get near it with a ten foot pole. The haunted stuff isn't it's not that it doesn't interest me, it's that it frightens me. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere near it. <laughs> I got too much to worry about as it is, <laughs> you know, with the stuff that I can touch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mike says you gotta come ride monsters over mountains next year. Oh I know well, he's I, gonna he's gonna come hit it on his way after the Hoka. Hey, that's why we're moving the weekend so it'll be after the Hoka Hay finishes. So some of those gents that want to ride it, including you know Frank Orlando, who's helped me since the beginning, we're gonna move it so it'll be after everybody finishes. August twenty fourth, twenty fifth. All right, that's Michael. I'll take you up on that. I'd really love to. If my bike's feeling good, I'd love to be out there with y'all. Yeah, that that'll be awesome. I want to talk a second about the Mile Monsters, man. Go when, for it. When uh, so first of all, the the Mile Monsters goes uh, uh, it's it's on it goes hand in hand pretty closely with Hoka Hay finishers. You know, you you can't talk about Mile Monsters without talking about Hoka Hay guys. And um, a lot I of them are part of it. Oh yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. What'd you say? A lot of them are part of it. Right. Yeah. So, uh. It was it was really cool because I, I had heard I had heard a lot about um, Hoka Hay from my dad, but I didn't know too much about Mile Monsters. I had heard the name, um, but over the last like year and a half, I had heard more and more about Hoka Hay from my dad. And um, I remember hearing legends of these guys of these like almost like like tales like tall tales of these dudes that you know were like I don't know they're wrecking their bike on the on the Hoka Hay and then they're breaking out of hospitals and breaking into uh, you know, impound places to get their bikes and finish the Hoka Hay. You know, I'm hearing stories like that. I'm passing them along, like as, as tall tales, you know, like I heard a story. I don't know if it's true. You know, I'm hearing stories of these guys who, um, you know, they start the Hoka Hay with a broken hand and it with a couple broken hands, you know, um, but they're, they're all finishing. These dudes are out of their minds, you know? And so, like I said, like tall tales. And then as I progressively meet the monsters, I learned that these aren't tall tales. <laughs> these are the monsters doing the Hoka Hay and they're, insane you know they're um they're just built different <laughs> you know most of my friends are like terrified by a hundred mile day and these guys are just they're killing it and so to meet these a lot of these guys in person whenever i was doing the the goat tour was so cool so it was like i'm i'm i meet uh i meet michael and i find out that he's the guy that started the hoka with a broken hand you know and uh just throughout the trip i just keep i keep meeting hoka hey guys go for Fantastic guy, you know. Uh, Gopher's cool as hell. Oldest top twenty finisher of the Hoka Hay. Super cool to meet that guy in person. Super cool to meet Michael Wrongway Lamb in person, you know. Um, and then, I, I, just kind of getting engulfed and surrounded by the the monster community has been so incredible. You know, it's it's a it's a community it's a community that I've never even I've never been a part of a community anything close to that, close to this, you know. So. It's been it's been very very cool and a and a huge monumental part of my summer, you know, so that's that's been really it's been really cool. Just kind of wanted to touch in on that a little bit. 
it, it's educational both ways. I mean, learning, you know, the, the cause behind it, but then also getting to meet the individuals that ride it. And, you know, they're so humbling, you know, sharing their stories, sharing advice and, you know, giving little tidbits, you know, Hey, I want to do this. And, you know, looking at how they have stuff set up and, you know, they're very easygoing and it's just, it's an amazing community to be part of when you get inside of the, those people, the motorcycle community as a whole is awesome, but then you can meet these small little communities within, within it. And it's just, it's so cool to meet these people and to be able to learn, learn from yeah. them. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. To be able to learn from them for sure. I've learned a lot already about oh, so have I. arts. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they got a lot. They got a lot to teach, you know, they got, a, they got a lot to, to tell. They lived through a lot on, on these freaking motorcycles, you know? Oh, they are. And, you know, it is, it's very educational to get to meet them and, and see their, you know, their setups, how they do stuff, preparing for things and, and, you know, how it all goes. It's, it's so cool. I'm, you know, grateful to, to be able to call a lot of them, you know, my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And it was, it's, it's, it's such an accepting group too. You know, I did, I did that goat tour and it was just like everybody I met just met me with open arms, you know, just like super happy to meet me. And of course, vice versa, me happy to meet them as well. Cause it's just, I haven't, I haven't met a monster that I didn't like that. I, that I got weird vibes from that. I got, you know, kind of like an off feeling from like all of them are just super personable and just easy to talk to and, and fun to talk to, you know, it's just, it's a community of really great people. I agree. 100%. It's, it's been really cool to just meet so many people from there. Oh yeah. I mean, even like, you know, Michael Nielsen agreed, you know, meet some of the, the real monsters in person at Turbo's birthday was awesome. And then, you know, and at Denver's point, being able to learn from some of these top tier riders. And yeah. it is, you know, you, you can learn, you know, from their craft. You you can kind of learn and, and get your own setup going and, you know, kind of learn. I, I wouldn't say mistakes, but, you know, instead of going down a rabbit hole and it's like, okay, this is really the wrong way because, you know, you kind of see what they got going. It's like, okay, cool. I'm not going to go this way. Let's go the other yeah. way because it's, you know, a lot of these guys are using it and it really works. And so it's right. It's cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you know, like never forget your wild ass. Never forget. Oh my God. The wild ass. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was something I really want to touch on. Goodness gracious. So the, um, when we were doing the goats, Texas tour, um, well, I, I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit when my dad and I did the one K just before the goats, Texas tour to kind of get a feel for our bikes and stuff like that. Um, that we did a one K basically, first of all, it was, it was a father's day ride. And it, of course that was a perfect opportunity to do a one K with my dad. You know, so we did this Father's Day 1K, but it was also kind of like a shakedown run for us before we did the the Texas tour. And I remember I have one of the most uncomfortable seats you can buy. I have a Saddleman SDC seat, which is just a Thunderboy seat, you know. And so um, it doesn't have a lot of cushion. It's it's too far back for me for, for the seating position. But I was like, I'm just going to do this 1K in a day with this with the Saddleman and um, just kind of see how it feels. And I felt I felt OK by the end of the day. You know, it was back hurt a little bit. Um but I was like, I think I could do the goat tour with this. Um, and so I uh, I started the goat tour first day. Take your own advice. For... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike went on a ride, you know, before he could do. And the next day he forgot his wild ass and did about 600 miles without it. And he was a miserable mofo by the end of that day. Oh, man. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now I, I, I'm, I'm going to get into how I feel about the wild ass. I, uh. I, on the first day of the Goats Texas tour, we ended in Corpus where Michael took his brand new bike to meet us. Uh, Michael, Michael Wrongway. 
and he uh, he brought some gifts from from old Craig. Uh, he brought Hopper a customized uh, wild ass seat, and um, he brought a spare wild ass. Uh, I, I think it was I don't remember who it was for. I don't remember if it was for me or if it was um for my my dad because he had that other brand on it. I don't remember, but I ended up with it, and um, so I was like, "This is boomer shit. This is this is old guy shit. I don't. I got a young back. I'll be fine." So I just put it in my saddlebag, and I was like, um, "I was like, this is you know, if I if I feel weird, maybe I'll maybe I'll put it on my bike if I feel like a little uncomfy." And then it was like day two. I woke up completely different frame of mind. I was like, "I mean, I have it. I might as well try it." You right? So I throw it on my bike. And I was like, I'm not going to like this because it's going to be, it's a seat cushion. It's going to move around all sorts of stuff. And sure enough, I inflated it and I hated it because it was just like, it was like I was sitting on a balloon and uh, I got off my bike and they were like, how do you like it? And I was like, ah, I'm, I'm not a fan. It's like, I'm still dialing it in, I guess. And then Riot was like, that thing looks like a balloon. Why is it inflated so much? <laughs> you know? I was like, well, ma- maximum cushionage, man. Like I'm trying to be super comfortable. And he's like, the him and my dad were both like, no, no, don't, no, it lets some air out. You want like a little bit of air, you know? And so then I dialed it in. Oh my gosh. As I, I was super hard headed to be like, yeah, you know, I don't need a wild ass, you know? Uh, I don't really want to do a hundred miles without a wild ass now. And the breathable too, which is really nice. <laughs> Boomer shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't need anything like that. I have a, I have a young enough back to just destroy on my, <laughs> on my bike, you know. But um, yeah, I know that the wild ass has been a game changer like crazy. And I, I did almost, I did, I did almost the whole trip with my wild ass on the Gavin's tour. Um, and then I just got back from. Oh, whenever I went to Paris, I remember, or whenever I was trying to go to Paris, I remember I was like halfway there, and I was just upset because I didn't have my wild ass. I was like, you know. I'm like not super uncomfortable, but I'm not comfortable, you know? And uh, I remember like I looked at my wild ass before I left and I was like, I need to grab that before I leave. And I just didn't, you know? So I, I was I was pretty upset that I didn't even have it. So quite the quite the change in perspective on that one. Yeah, you learn. <laughs> the bike seat is there just for a place, just for a place to put a wild ass, Michael Wrongway. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny stuff. Oh yeah, Amy keeps one of them in the car. I've heard, I've heard about that. I heard that you kept one in the car too, or, or I heard, I heard that you lost some air recently on the way back from uh, Sturgis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first gas stop on the way home, somebody um, deflated mine and opened the valve and let all the air out. That's the first gas stop. Could figure out why the fuck my ass hurts. And like, this isn't right. What the fuck's going on? You know, fueled the bike up. Amy's taking a break for a minute. I unzip it, and the valve was all the way open. There ain't no air in it. I'm like, son of a bitch. Well played, somebody. Somebody got me, and still never. Fa- I thought it was your dad, honestly, because that one day when up at in Sturgis, he was over there, you know, the bike. And I'm like, that fucker yeah. probably opened the valve, and he swore up and down it wasn't. I mean, I wasn't pissed at anybody who ever did him. I laughed. I'm like, that's yeah. a fucking good one. I well, I remember my dad. Um, I think I don't remember if you called him or texted him, but he just started like laughing. I was like, what's up? And he's like, Denver just asked me if I deflated his wild ass. <laughs> well, did you? And he's like, no, I wouldn't. I would never do something like that because I love my wild ass, and I'd be so mad if somebody did it to me. But oh, yeah, I would mean, I laughed. It was it was a good one. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well played, buddy. Somebody was, got me, and you know, just one of those things. It was a good, it was good for a laugh, and it makes you realize the difference they make when all of a sudden you you don't realize it that somebody let the air out until you're you know 
150 ish miles in, your fucking ass is hurting and killing you. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You're doing the old squirmy side to side shit. And yeah. no, yeah. I, you know what? I bet you it was Craig. It's a great selling point. Just as a, like a little nice little jab reminder to let you know how great that seat is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was staying with him. You know, that's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, my dad was like, no, I'd, I'd never do that to anybody. That's, that's cruel. Yeah, he's like, that'd be like messing with your mirrors. I'm like, dude, I ain't mad at whoever did it. I, I laughed. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, no, that, that was a game changer. The wild ass. Huge, huge deal. Oh, they are. It, it's amazing the difference those little cushions make. For oh, yeah. sure. I, yeah, I never would have thought that it'd be such a such a dramatic difference. I, I, I kind of just figured it was like putting a pillow under you, you know? But no, it's nothing like that. Well, the, the comical thing of that, you know, from working with them and over there, you know, working serious, people come up, this ain't going to help. It's flat. I'm like, all right, dude, come here. Yeah. Have a seat. And they sit down like, oh my God, exactly. It don't well, take much. And it, it, it is, a, it, it takes a second to kind of dial it in. You know, you, you, <laughs> right. like, I wish it was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I kind of, he was my number, my number one culprit. Since you haven't found it, I kind of feel like it was Gavin. Uh, <laughs> He was walk, he was walking around sticking stickers on everybody's bikes. I feel like he might have just kind of like given it a little release there. <laughs> yeah, but, somebody did. It was funny. I got I like I said I laughed, man. But yeah, no, it it takes a second to kind of dial it in, right? Like it, for me, normally about like twenty miles until it's like perfectly dialed, right? So like I'm sitting working on my bike one night after the the Gavin tour, after the the goat tour, and uh, my brother is in the garage with me, and he's like a he's like what's this? This is like a cushion like your seat doesn't work or what i was like yeah it's it's yeah it's a, it's a cushion because my seat sucks and he's like <laughs> Why just like you said you know like it's it's deflated like doesn't it doesn't look like it do much it's like just putting like a, a cover under your under your butt you know but i was like no it's got some air in it and he's like well you should inflate it and i was like i kind of explained it a little bit and he's like well how do you inflate it and i already knew where this was going right but i was like i told him anyway he opens the valve blows it all the way up you know and i was like no nah, i gotta redial that thing dude <laughs> it was perfect <laughs> He ruined it just because you're curious if it blows up like a balloon. <laughs> so, yeah, no, but yeah, I don't like leaving home without it now. Yeah, I feel you 100%. But, yeah, goat is fun to watch around bikes. Yes. He's learned from a couple pranksters. <laughs> if, yeah. Oh, yeah. If if you if you don't know where goat is or you haven't heard him in a while, he's messing with something. He's poking around somewhere. He's wandering off, sticking some stickers under some places. The little king <laughs> of one-liners. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. That was that was another great part about the trip. Was like whenever we had first started the trip, my dad and I were were strangers to Gavin. We had just met him the the first day. So, like two days into the trip, he started kind of opening up, you know, and uh, getting just like a little more comfortable, just like saying whatever was on his mind. And that kid is hilarious. <laughs> he just like I don't know where he'll just say some like off the wall hilarious stuff one liner you know that I I couldn't have come up with if I I, I wouldn't have been able to come up with a lot of the stuff that he said so that that was pretty fun just just listening to things that he said oh yeah and he's quite a little dancer too I found that out in California yeah turn turn on some jazz and he just dances yeah I mean there's a, there's a few different things that'll get him going you know. And then in South Dakota, he, with the um, oh, what was the uh, what was the song? He was he was screaming that song, 
that was one of my one of my highlights of, of uh or just it was a oh a warrior's call he was like play the intro music again and then uh yeah then he was just he was screaming that that was hilarious got a bunch of pictures and videos of that one yeah he has a pretty freaking cool kid it cracks me up yeah i'm really fortunate to have met him in the family Man, it's been there. fun to get to meet, you know, a couple of the kids, you know, I watch now um, face to face and, you know, kind of it's cool. I mean, you get to know them over social media, you know, you watch the videos and, you know, the lives they are doing now. But when you get to actually meet them, you know, face to face and talk with them for a few, it's it's pretty cool to to get to actually know their personalities. Yeah. Yeah. They're all they're all pretty unique. It's, it's very, very cool. Yeah. Michael, the one liners on the beach are killing me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The 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 beach night was hilarious and one that I will never forget. And I don't know. I don't know what we did to up the size of mosquitoes. I have never seen mosquitoes bigger. You know, uh, right. was like, dang, those mosquitoes in Texas are big. And I was like, these are birds, right? <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen big. You know, these are blood sucking birds. Yeah, I know they were, they were nuts. I remember it was like when we were leaving because the beach was about to swallow our campsite or the, the ocean was about to swallow our campsite when we were kind of rush, like rushing to leave. Hey, you guys aren't familiar with how tides work? Uh, we were, but we were just kind of like, <laughs> we we know that it'll be far enough out. Like we're we're like at least fifteen feet away from the beach or from the from the ocean. We're like it won't rise that much. And then Gavin knew better than us. He was like, uh, I feel like the ocean's getting pretty loud. I think it's like by our campsite. And then right, like everybody was like, calm down, go to bed. You know, <laughs> let's let's just go to bed. And he was he was persistent. And Ryan was like, all right, you know, I'll get up. I got to pee anyway. I'll let you know how it is. And then it was like, he starts walking. And then it was like two steps away from the campsite. Splash, splash, splash. Right. was like, we got to go. <laughs> uh, it's it's time to get out of here. So, but yeah, no, wh- while we were packing up, I remember, uh, I remember you could just like do this and catch maybe eight mosquitoes. And they're just enormous. Like you do this like fast enough and they'll slow your hand down. <laughs> oh man oh jesus yeah my, yeah 2 a.m time to get off the beach yep yep and then uh yeah so then that next that next morning we uh we took a couple pictures in front of a uh, the padre island sign and then split ways with michael which he he went off to go do his own uh big old adventure which was uh pretty cool very cool Sounds like you had one epic summer of of adventures, though. Oh yeah, no, it was it was definitely a pretty unforgettable summer. Bunch, of, just a bunch of stuff happened, um, and then it between all of the the crazy adventures, the crazy rides that I was doing, it was like every weekend we're doing lot days. Which lot days, if you're not familiar, is is whenever you you go to normally it's on a Sunday because most businesses are closed. Uh, you don't get police calls as much, but it's it's basically whenever you you go to a, a stunt lot and you just practice stunts. Um, so it's like every time that I wasn't doing trips, every weekend we're going to the lot. You know, something's always happening at the lot. Um, or you know, if we're not at the lot, we're fixing bikes, we're wrenching on stuff, stuff like that. Um, I remember we 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 met a good few people this summer too. We met this one guy at a, at a big stunt ride. Uh, his name's Taylor, and he uh he was like super randomly really good at wheelies. It was it was really weird because normally people who we start to start to wheelie Harleys. It's like, you, you kind of got to build it up. You take a second, you know, you start to, you just start to get good at it, you know? But it was like, I remember meeting him. It was like, dang, how long you been doing this? And he's like, uh, riding Harleys three months. <laughs> what? 
what what, the, what did you just say and he's like yeah you know it's, it's he's like you know he was pretty fresh but he was killing it you know it's like we were all gassing him up and we were like yeah dude like you're you're killing it i mean just keep it up but he was also making some mistakes and we were kind of like like he was hooking his his foot under the brake arm so if you're in a wheelie uh you normally hook your foot on the left side this dude was hooking it under his under his brake so if you go too far back you normally you press can't the control brake. it yeah yeah so you go too far back you don't have any brake and then you, you're done so sure enough man we were like uh we were telling this guy we were like yeah you know like just you just kind of like tighten up on some stuff and another really good thing about lot day is it's a great place to practice before you start doing that stuff on the street you know um and so this uh this guy taylor we're in downtown new braunfels this is like our third time out riding with him and um he was like uh he was like got really excited you know not as much time practicing in the lots uh and so he just he gets super excited brings it back loses it and broke his tibula and fibula you know oh shit yeah and so <laughs> i remember he's a. Uh, He's like just up standing in the road, looking like a flamingo, his leg all lifted off the ground. And uh we uh we were like uh we come over to like help him when he gets off the road and I was like, How you feeling? He's like, I feel like I got two ankles. I looked and I was like, Fuck, it kind of looks like you got two ankles, bro. <laughs> uh yeah, we're gonna need we're gonna need an ambulance. <laughs> so yeah, he was he was taken away in an ambulance. That was the probably the worst injury I think we we had all summer. So that's cool. That's like that's I feel like we're fortunate to have that that be the worst incident. Um now he's part part uh terminator. He's got a, a titanium leg. Um but uh that kind of stuff is just kind of happening every weekend, just kind of like crazy stuff and then anytime that we're not doing crazy stuff, I'm out traveling the country. So it was just it was a really 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 cool summer that I was really fortunate to have. Where I, I just I met so many amazing people, so that's awesome. Yeah, one of one of the people I do want to give a, a small shout out. Uh, one of the one of the people that I was really fortunate to meet this summer, his name's Kevin. Um, I met him at the Fast Life camp out this last year, but I've known him on the internet for the last like a year, similar to how I knew you, right? Just kind of like we talk, we talk, and uh, we just hadn't met in person yet. So I met him at the Fast Life camp out, which was in Arkansas. Um just uh i think it was in may and so ever since then i'd seen him at like every event he's from austin um i had seen him at like every single event that i'd been to except for i think the edinburgh one down by the border um it's like i just kept bumping into him like kevin what's up you know a super good guy you know he's always it seems like he's always going out of his way to help people and uh uh whenever i broke down heading to paris on friday excuse me uh I was I was kind of just documenting everything, right? I broke down. I took a video, posted it to my story. You know, I knew exactly what happened. My clutch plates were going out over the last like hour, and then eventually it was just like I'm in sixth gear. Then my motor just revs up really high, and then I was like, oh, shit. you know, so I, I shifted down into fifth, and then nothing. Third, you know, fourth, third, second, nothing. So then I parked my bike, clutched it out. It's on, and I'm just like shifting through the gears, and it's not going anywhere. And I was like, yeah, my clutch plates are smoked. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like you, you don't know your geography very well. I could dad's correcting you. It it was Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. I'm geographically challenged like crazy. Yeah, no, I met Kevin in Oklahoma. Uh <laughs> so no, but uh uh so I'm I'm just like I'm documenting everything, right? The dude that met us. Yes, uh uh Kevin was the guy who reached out to Tommy Donnelly of uh, Cowboy Austin on our final day 
I think I think it was our final day of uh of Gavin's tour. Kevin uh he came out that last day and he was like uh I might it might have been the second to last day. But he uh he he reached out to the guys at uh at Cowboy Austin and he reached out to the guys at Central Texas Harley and because of him they knew to expect us and kind of what to expect and they were able to kind of give us a little bit more of a special trip and it was it was really cool because since he reached out to Tommy Donnelly of uh, uh Cowboy Austin we were going to show up there and just take a picture in front of the store since we were going to get there before they opened but um Kevin let them know ahead of time and we pulled up before they opened and they had the doors open for us you know and that was really cool and they had like a little goodie bag for um for for Gavin and it was with, without Kevin, that wouldn't have happened, and that's super, super cool. And the staff was really welcoming at Central Texas, which is his—it's like his home dealership. He's three minutes away from Central Texas, so that was a that was a blast. And that was that was the first example of Kevin just kind of like going out of his way to help, you know, that I had seen. So um, I'm in a—I'm I'm broke down on the side of the road. I'm documenting everything. I have I have a bunch of people reaching out saying like, you know, like I wish I could help tonight, but I can't. Um, maybe tomorrow though. Um, like I, I should, I should be able to help you out tomorrow. And I'm like, thank you so much. And since I have my tent, I'm really not that stressed out about it. You know, you, if you've seen the stories, you, you see me just laughing, having a good time, you know? Um, it, I was like, it, it was just like in my head, I was like, it's a very, it is what it is kind of situation. So he was sleeping. No, that, that was, um, that was Kyle. Also a, a super, super good guy. Kyle was, Kyle met us in a Beaumont. He was sleeping on his bike when we, when we came out of the parking lot. Which was the second visitor of our goat tour who was sleeping in the parking lot of a hotel. The first one being Gopher, but, um, yeah, no, Kyle's a super super good guy too. He's a I'm going to Terralingua with him next weekend actually, um, but uh, yeah. So so I get a bunch of people reaching out. I'm on my way to Paris. I'm four hours away from the house and I'm broke down. Uh, I'm just I'm just under Dallas. I planned on sleeping in Sulphur Springs, but of course I didn't make it. So. I'm like, I find a good spot that's like kind of safe on the side of the road where I'm just like, I'm going to pop up my tent. The only thing that I was kind of stressed out about was that my phone, I didn't have a charger and I was on 30%. So um, typical Chase fashion, right? I didn't, I packed <laughs> super light and um, ultra, like ultra light. I just didn't bring phone charger. So um, then Kevin reaches out and he's like, I got you. And I was like, what do you like? What do you mean you got me? And he's like, I'm going to figure something out for you. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that entails. Like, can you like elaborate, please? And uh, he was like, uh, he's like, I'm gonna get you a. I gotta find a ramp, and then I'll come, get, I'll come, I'll come get you. And I was like, okay. I didn't ask him like today, tonight, tomorrow, today, what? Because I was just like, if he says he'll get me, he'll get me. You know, like then I started telling people like, no worries. You know, like Kevin's got it. <laughs> you know. So um, I had a couple of guys that were like, if you don't get anything figured out by like three tomorrow in the afternoon then I'll, I'll for sure be able to help you so um i was like okay thanks appreciate it uh but then i i uh i got that text from kevin and i was like cool man um thanks uh and it's like i'm still on my phone i'm still responding to people kevin knows my phone's about to die and so kevin sees that i'm active on social media and he texts me he says dude get off of your phone <laughs> he's like I, ne- I need to be able to call you I was like, well, well like I'm, I'm texting people. He's like, I got you covered, dude. I'm, I'm going to find you a ramp. You don't have to worry about anything. I'll give you a call whenever I'm nearby. And I was like, okay. You know, he's like, um, he's like, I'm an hour and a half away from you. He's from, he's from Austin. And so I was like, okay, it's, it's currently 12 in the morning or 12, 12 at night, you know? So I was like, he, he's probably going to be coming in the morning. And then he was like, he says like, I'm going to get a ramp right now. And then I was like, okay. And he's like, and then I'm heading to you. I was like, dude, you'll get here at like two. He's like, okay. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. 
And so sure enough, man, it's, he was like, just get some shut eye, you know, like get some sleep. You're get your tent popped up. Just go to bed. I was like, okay. You know, mind you, this is a guy I've just like, I've met for brief moments, you know? And, um, he pulls up, he, he was, he said like, he was like, I reached out to most, like, I must've reached out to everybody that I've ever talked to in the motorcycle world ever to find a ramp for you, you know? And so he's like, you know, I had somebody who was in the Austin area say like, yeah, I got a ramp. So, um, he went and got the ramp. He came to me. He shows up at like two in the morning and, um, he's like, Hey buddy, good morning. Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, we load my bike up in his truck and he takes me back to Austin. We show up, he, he gave me a place to stay for the night. You know, he, he brought my bike back to, to Austin. And then in the morning he, he took me to central Texas Harley to just like, he, he really, really, really went out of his way to help me. We showed up at his house at five in the morning, you know? And this was like a, an almost stranger, you know, and that's, that's just one of the examples of just like an amazing person I've been able to meet this, that an amazing person I've been fortunate enough to be able to meet this summer, you know? So that's, 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 that was a really, really cool experience. This was a couple of days ago. <laughs> so that's freaking cool though. I mean, it's, you know, the, the community that we all enjoy so much that we, you know, chit chat and talk so much about is can be very positive and, you know, everybody's kind of got everybody's back when you need it. Yeah, exactly. And then, it, yeah. And then it, I was at central Texas and they, they told me, um, the problem was much bigger than clutch plates because my basket was smoked. Whoop to do another performance part that I put on that was junk. Um, but, uh, they said like, we don't have parts, so you kind of got to get a tow truck. And then I had another buddy from new Braunfels who like no hesitation. Uh, his name's Austin. I'm going to Terralingo with him as well. Um, he was able to, he picked up a U-Haul, no questions asked, and uh, brought a trailer to me and took me back home, you know? So because Dang. of those two, my bike's in my garage, and I'm not on the side of 35 anymore. And so, you know, so that's 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 really amazing. There you go. And, and, no, that's freaking cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, and these guys didn't ask for anything in return. I tried, tried to get them something in return, but they're, they're both hard-headed and just happy to help, you know? So that's that's been very cool. You know, it's, you know, kind of the way was, you know, some things go, you know, you get that, you know, the brotherhood, the sisterhood and everything, you know, it's do things to help people. It's not like we're, you know, asking for things to return. We do because we're, that's what we do. Yeah. And they, they both said, you know, like, I know you do it for me, you know, and they're, they're completely right. I'd gladly do it for either of them or most of the people that I've met in this, in this world. So in this, in this motorcycle world. So, yeah, no, I totally get it. 100% agree with what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm very well, shoot, buddy. This has been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it was a you blast. Know, sharing some cool stories and, and, and having a good time. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. This is my first solo episode. Last time I was on, I was with my dad, and it was it was also a blast then. That was fun. No, it, it is cool. And, you know, I I was really looking forward to this one. You know, a lot of fun, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was a good time, man. Well, yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. Do some more trips and uh, reminisce about them. Yes, sir. You know, we'll definitely have to do some more trips. I'm looking forward to seeing you again this year. So yeah, sorry. Hopefully, we're not like internet friends. You know, for another two years before we see each other again. Yeah. No um, way, man. Kansas. It'll happen then. If you know, if not before then, but for yeah. sure it'll be then. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, man. Well, shoot, man. Let everybody know where they can you know follow your adventures. You know, go ahead and plug yourself here. All right. Uh, I'm mostly active on Instagram. You're going to see a little bit more raunchy stuff on Instagram, right? So, you know, the stunt stuff is a, is a lot more into Instagram. No more breakdowns. No promises. 
you're, you're going to see a lot more of the stunt stuff on Instagram. I post quite a bit more on Instagram, um, which is at Chase underscore Setzer. Um, Setzer spelled S-E-T-Z-E-R. Um, and then uh, Facebook. I try to keep my Facebook limited to people that I've met in real life, you know, um, or at least have had conversations with uh, over social media. I don't really like having a whole lot of strangers on Facebook because it's a, it's a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Instagram is, is a great place if you kind of just want to see what I'm up to, what I'm doing, or if you want to you know, find a find a place find a place to meet up, you know, something like that. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, buddy. Well, well, thanks, man. And like I said, buddy, this has been so much fun. You know, glad we got to catch up, and you know, and it's cool to hear some of your adventures and stories. Because you know, I mean, I enjoy following your social media stuff, but it's also cool that you know I've got to meet you in person now, also, and. No, man, you're a super cool dude, and I enjoy the friendship. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate really appreciate you appreciating me, and I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Appreciate me. <laughs> right on, man. Hey, guys, thank you for tuning in to another mile post here with uh, 112. And next week, we got 113 with Frosty, a.k.a. Mandy in Galveston, as we're going to reminisce, did her first rally, which a lot of his ladies did went and did the Valkyrie rally that, Hopper and some other guys got together to this all women's rally. So we're going to hear all about that next week. So, hey, tune in next week and uh, catch up on Mile Post 113. So until then, hey, stay safe, have fun, enjoy the open road, and we'll catch you all later.